Hello! Welcome to Ghetto Trash, episode 341. <laughs> Gold Tiger. <laughs> My name is Eric. And I'm Jason. I'm feeling a little under the weather. Yeah. I, I apologize heard, for yeah, that. You were just coming off your, your uh, cold there. Yep, yep. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, just counting. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, we aren't. Nope, not anymore, anyway. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a little easier when we were doing this weekly. Oh, yeah. It's also a little easier when I can look at a file and say, oh, yeah. There it is. But right. uh, we are not uh, uh, at a place where I can do that. No, we're in a secret location. Yes, we are. We're in our bunker. We're in the southern gutter trash headquarters. Yeah. The well, winter gutter trash headquarters. Well, we were like, it's National Women's Day and Trump is president, so we're going to hide in a bunker. Because something's going to happen. <laughs> Did you hear that uh, the uh, the lights on the Statue of Liberty went out yesterday? No. Yeah. That's good. Yep. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, just a power outage or whatever. Right. But, you know, the symbolism. Hey, right? She burns. It's not lost. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, things are fine. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, but actually, yeah, we we uh, we are uh, recording uh, on, a, on a little bit of a delay because because I was yeah you were a sick. little ill this past weekend. So uh, rather than uh, you know do a show where I'm completely phlegmy. We're doing it when I'm just like a quarter phlegmy. Yeah, you're like 23%. Phlegm. Yeah, it's not yeah. too bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, the, uh, so, so this comic book yeah, of we, sorts. Right? It is kind of a comic strip collection. Yeah. Is this the first comic strip collection we've ever read? I think so, yeah. Yeah? Unless, we didn't do Wilson, did we? No, no. Okay. Yeah. Or did we did we do that other one? Wait, did we do Wilson? I can't remember. I know we've both read Wilson. Yeah, we're right, you're right. Maybe we did do Wilson. Or Ice Haven? Did we do Ice Haven? I don't um, think we did Ice Haven. I think I don't think we did. I think all we did was David Boring. Okay. From from uh Dan we're, Klaus. we're talking about Dan Klaus here, yeah. Yeah. Man, yeah, I can't remember if we did do Wilson. Did we do or not? like um a year a year's worth of Marmadukes? Did we do that? <laughs> We were doing that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> that was on our sister podcast, Marma Dumb. Marma do and Marma don't. <laughs> those are those are all classics. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this is a weird one. It is weird. Yeah. Gold Tiger. Gold Tiger by, uh, so... Ostensibly by <laughs> Antonio Beretti and Louis Schaefer. Louis Schaefer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but also more by Guy Adams and Jimmy Broxton. Right? What does that mean? Okay. So, so this is a weird one for sure, as we have stated. Uh, it, it's, it's kind of a, a book within a book of sorts. Yeah. Uh, um, you mean kind of like the Dark Knight, uh, 
master race where there's a little book stapled in the book? Yeah, just like that. <laughs> um, so, so this is a book that was uh, kickstarted uh, and then subsequently published by 2000 AD. Um, it is presented as a collection of comic strips of a forgotten 60s era, 70s sort of spy comic, right. uh, like, like in a, the like adventure spy kind yeah. of strip. Like in the vein of, of Modesty Blaze is the, the constant comparison that is made. Right. Uh, because not only is it a presentation of that comic strip, Gold Tiger, uh, it is also the story about uh, Antonio Beretti and Louis Schaefer and how uh, these are two disparate men who sort of came together to create this comic strip. Right. Uh, Which never actually existed. It never existed. This is not real. Yeah. Uh, Gold Tiger is entirely the figment of, uh, of uh, Guy Adams and Jimmy Broxton. Right. Uh, who are the real creators of this book. Uh, Antonio Beretti and Louis Schaefer are, uh, I guess, sort of their proxies. Right. Yeah, fictitious. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, and it is like a book that has all of the strips in it, but it also, like you said, it's like it's like when you buy a, a collection of some old comic strip and there's sort of like interviews and production notes and, you know, all this information that's not actually part of the strip, but it's about the creators and, it, and it's right. about the history of the strip and, right. and like how it came together and that's what this is. Basically, yeah. Uh, but it gets weird. <laughs> it does. It gets real weird. <laughs> uh, both uh, the comic strip itself and the story of these two men. Uh, particularly Antonio Beretti. Yeah. Uh, who is presented to be a uh, sort of... He's like if Alan Moore was an artist. Kind of, <laughs> yeah. He, he is a, a very uh, eccentric... Uh, uh, beloved and forgotten, which I, I don't know if those are two things that can happen. Right? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> uh, Italian but comic artist. It's, it's kind of like he's like a like the equivalent of a cult classic movie. Like the people that yeah. know who he is love him. Right. But but <clears throat> most people don't know who he is. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so so the premise of this is that uh, Jimmy Broxton, uh, the artist is uh, sort of confronted by members of Antonio Beretti's family uh, with uh, basically everything that he has ever done. Yeah. Uh, like they ha like the dude has it all in like this... Like a suitcase. And he's trying to sell it and no one will... Right. Or not sell it like, you know... But get it published. Yeah, get it published. Yeah. Yeah. Sell it as a collection. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, Broxton basically sort of you know, uh, agrees to see what he can do to get this published. And, uh, so they compile, uh, a completed series of strips called the Poseidon complex. Uh, and, and so we also get, uh, yeah, segments of interviews with, with both Antonio Beretti and, uh, Louis Schaefer. Uh, we also get, uh, some insight from like their editors and some publishers and correspondence that they found. Yeah. Yeah. Fictitious correspondence. Yes. All of it fictitious, uh, where, uh, Beretti, uh, 
refers to himself as artist. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and Schaefer as writer. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. He's kind of, he's like a real, he's like a dick, but yeah. he, he's like an amazingly talented, like he just, he knows what he wants to express. Right. And he's like, no one, no one like a writer or an editor is going to get in my way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cause, cause, uh, basically, yeah, these two men are put together to create this strip uh, that is supposed to be uh, like an Italian version of Modesty Blaze. Uh, Which and, I've never read, but I've seen collections of sure, go yeah. through our work. Um, people special order those sometimes. Right. And I've never <clears> read it, but um, I, I, I guess that it was kind of a popular yeah, thing in yeah. the 60s and 70s. Uh, I mean, you know, yeah, the the... Uh, stuff that's presented here in the comic strip form, uh, like, yeah, I don't think I've ever read anything specifically like it, but right. I've read a lot of stuff that's kind of like it. Right. And I know, like, enough of what it's supposed to be. Yeah. That, you know, like, I get it. Right. You and, know? Yeah, it's kind of like pulpy and it's kind of like James Bond and... Like Indiana Jones and Six Million Dollar Man, that kind of right. feel. That's <clears throat> uh, sexy. Yeah, That's very sexy. sexy. Uh, but yeah, uh, so Lewis Schaefer is, is asked to write this strip, uh, which he does because, uh, not because he loves comics, but because he needs money. Yeah, he's like a crime novelist or something. Something right? like that, yeah. yeah. And. Uh, and Tony Baretti has his own ideas of what the comic strip should be and uh, repeatedly ignores uh, everything that uh, Lewis right. Schaefer writes. Yeah, he just changes the scripts as, as yeah. he feels. And... Or just refuses to draw certain things right. altogether. Yeah. Uh, I, my, one of my favorite instances of that is when uh, supposedly Lewis Schaefer sent him like kind of rough thumbnails of kind of like what he was thinking. like, <laughs> and, uh, and so he just... So Baretti just forwards those on to the publisher yep and uh he's like so roger thinks he's an artist now and then and he just like lets them lets the writer's thumbnails be published as the strip <laughs> that month it's pretty um, great yeah. it's so great uh <laughs> or, or one of my favorites is when uh he uh does draw one of the strips uh but basically like just sort of you know, leaves like a giant part of it empty and he's just like, you know, writer wanted, you know, 12 panels of people talking to get to this point, you know. <laughs> or, or there's another one where uh, the writer says, make this guy kind of look like this actor. So he just cuts out a picture of that actor and puts his face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The creative process. Yeah. We've all worked with people. Yeah, we have. Sometimes it's weird. Yep. And or interesting. Yep. Uh, so, uh, I'm going to guess you, you seem to enjoy this. I loved it. <laughs> like, this to me is an example of something you can do with the comics form. Right. That isn't just telling a story. It's creating a bizarre, <laughs> unique thing that you could, like, this could not be done in any other form no. other than as a collection of comic strips. Like, right. It, it would be impossible to do it correctly right. any other way. Yeah. Like, even as a proper comic, I don't think that this could be yeah. done like this. Right. Uh, 
So that definitely brings me to a thing I, I kind of want to talk about. Uh, so we'd never have read a collection of comic strips before. I don't think so, yeah. Um, like, even if we factor in, you know, something that Dan Klaus has done like that, you right. know, like, I don't know that I necessarily consider that to be comic strips. Right. It's more like, kind of like this, where it's an homage to that form. Right. Uh, but like, do you read any comic strips? And do you, like, like currently, and, and... Oh, yeah. Do you read any of the serialized ones? I don't read any of the serialized ones. Um, like, every once in a while, I'll read everything in the paper. Like, if I'm just bored and there's a comic section. I mean, like, literally, even, like... You know, Marmaduke. <laughs> that's the that's my go-to. If I only have time to read one, and it's and the Lockhorns isn't there, <laughs> it's Marmaduke. <laughs> no, yeah, I've read like Rex Morgan, MD, and you know, even Doonesbury, like stuff like that. I don't really care for right or Funky Winker Bean. I don't really like Man, it. Funky Winker Bean got weird. It got so weird. <laughs> when I was a kid, I was like. Well, this is kind of funny. And then, like, yeah, I was just like, what is happening to Funky Winkerman? <laughs> but, no, I don't really read any of the serialized ones. Um, but I do read, like, I love, there's one called Bliss that I think is drawn really well. Um, I, Mother Goose and Grimm is my favorite. Um, Local legend. It is. And, like, it's great. I, like, I don't know if that has subconsciously factored in. Yeah. But I think it's the best drawn comic strip in our paper, at least. Yeah, it's definitely. I mean, Mike Peters has has you know definitely a unique style. Oh, yeah, it's, it reminds me yeah. more of like his art reminds me of like underground comics. I can see that for sure. Like yeah. they're, they're, it, it's weird. Yeah, and it's super detailed. Yeah, but really sketchy and, and mm -hmm. yeah. And Blondie is my second favorite. Really, I know, right? Seriously, it, I'm not even kidding. Right. As far as like what's in the Dayton Daily News right. um, here in our little burg. Um, and it's not great, but I remember, like, I love old Blondie strips, and then I actually, there's something weird about it that I, that I find very pleasant. Like, it's strange, and it's like, they've gotten kind of away from the sexist stuff that used to right. kind of be, like, you know, a main trope of it, <clears throat> but it's still just weird, and it just seems like... It seems anachronistic. Right. Like, it doesn't seem like anything else that's in the paper. And I like that. Yeah. I uh, I don't think I've read a comic strip, like, like regularly anyway. Probably 25 years. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. I don't read it every day, but, I mean, I read Mother Goose and Grimm yesterday. I mean, I, I, yeah, anytime I see it, I'll read it. Yeah. Oh, hold on a second. That must be uh, someone trying to get us... To record a podcast. If it's Nate Powell again, trying to get us to interview him. Okay. Uh, oh, no, it's Alan Moore. I'm, I'm just going to... Just pass. I'm gonna, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm going to call him back later. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, no, I... Uh, I mean, yeah, when I was a kid, and... and uh, I would, I would read the comic strips and especially like the Sunday funnies oh, yeah. every week. Oh yeah. Uh, and then like, you know, going to school in the mornings, you know, like I would, uh, I would sit across from my dad, you know, at breakfast, you know, before I went to school and like, you know, 
if he wasn't, you know, at that point yet, I would uh, just grab the comic strips <laughs> from him and right. read those. Uh, but if he was reading them, I would actually read them upside down. Like I actually learned how to read upside oh, wow. down, so I could read, you know, what he was looking at. That's why you're always hanging upside down. In your oh apartment. yeah, like a, I thought it was like a Batman thing. No, no, it is because uh, that's how I learned how to read. <laughs> okay, that is the only way I can read. Wow. Yeah, so it takes me a little longer to read comics. Right. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but like, I've been sort of monkeying with the idea of maybe doing a webcomic oh, yeah. here and there. Uh, the thought leaves me pretty quickly because, uh, you know, I am I, sane and uh, I'm not. But uh, occasionally I have flashes of sanity and uh, those flashes say you shouldn't do a webcomic. I, I would love to see you do a webcomic. Well, sure you would, but uh, it's because you're not the one having to do it. All right. It might uh, be hard to maintain that and a drawing a day yeah. blog. That yeah. be, that's a lot. Yes, it is. Uh, I mean, sometimes lately, especially, it feels like it's getting rough to, to do that. Just the drawing a day. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so, but but every time, like, you know, the, the idea enters my brain, like, I actually go out and I look, you know, at, like, things that, you know, like, I would want to have in mind when when doing a comic strip. Sure. You know, cause, cause that's basically what it is. It's just a comic strip. Mm-hmm. At least how I would do it. And so like, you know, like last year, like I looked up, you know, to see, you know, is the Phantom still being published? Oh, yeah. Is Flash Gordon still being published? Cause to me, those are like the two things that stick out to my mind. Prince Valiant. Stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. And Prince Valiant. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the old ones for sure are beautiful to look at, oh, yeah. but like I don't think I could ever read one. Right? Yeah. I never like. Yeah, I mean the art's impressive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so you know, like yeah, I was just looking at them to like you and just say, okay, well, how do they do this? You know how? How do you do three panels, like with the third one always being a cliffhanger to lead into the next oh, yeah. one? You know, but also still giving like a recap and the yeah, first panel. Right. I know. To me, that's bizarre. It is. It is bizarre, and the people who can do it is super impressive. Like that is a skill set that, like, I don't think there's some of that in Gold Tiger. There is a ton of that in Gold Tiger, <laughs> and so like that makes it. Even more impressive yeah, like he, that they did that right. on top of what they were actually doing with I, this book, too. No, you're right, because I remember reading some of that where something would happen and there'd be like, you know, like a cliffhanger action at the end of the panel and the next panel with just like really brief narration. It says, you know, what what is happening and it like catches right. you up if you hadn't read that. Right. And like that is like crazy that to me, that'd be like making a movie but releasing it in three minute segments <laughs> yeah. and like, and like every three minutes has to like catch you up to date in case you didn't see like the last the first three, three right, or yeah. six or nine minutes. Right. Yep. You know? That's insane. So, yeah. So, so that, I mean, I, I went the incredibly long way around it, but like, that's what I was getting to. Mm. It's just that how impressive the fact that they were able to pull off that oh, yeah. comic strip style. And and the fact that it is a collection of comic strips, yeah, you know, so like it almost enforces how ridiculous and redundant it is, like you know, page after page, right? Yeah, but like it's done on purpose, yeah, right. 
I know. And like, that's the thing about this book. Like it is, it is like kind of a big joke, but it's done so incredibly well. Right. Like that, it looks like it could have really existed. Oh yeah. Like it's not like, and like, this isn't supposed to be an insult against, you know, people that do this, but you know, like if say if Sergio Aragonés or Hilary Barda had done this book, yeah. it would have a completely different feel to it. Oh, absolutely! It would be hilarious. Yeah, probably even more so. But but it wouldn't have like to me, it wouldn't have achieved the same level of amazing. Right, and it's not, you know, like like yeah, it is. It is sort of a satire and parody of you know those types of strips. Uh. And it's not to say that Sergio or Hilary Barda would like, you know, not have a reverence for them. Right. But it would be so clearly a joke. Yeah. Their, their styles, I don't think lend themselves to, you know, like to almost be taken seriously. Yeah. There's no subtle parody. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, like when you pick up stupid number one from image, <laughs> you're not, you're not like, Hey, is this like a spawn ministers, like spawn God Slayer? Like that, like that doesn't crush your mind. Do you remember Spawn Godslayer? Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like the, like those things are brilliant, and I remember those books by Hilary Barton, and he's a freaking awesome artist. Oh, yeah, yeah. But but this <clears throat> to me is a whole different level, right? Uh, so I don't. I mean, I don't know Jimmy Broxton's work too well. Like I know he did the Knight and Squire series that oh, yeah. we we reviewed. Uh, he's, he's very talented. He is very talented, and uh, I know he's currently doing Vampirella. Uh, oh, is he? Oh, that's yeah. him. Okay, he's really good. Yeah, he's yeah. incredibly good. Uh, and so, I mean, you know, I'm guessing he's done a lot of 2000 AD work as well. So they're, they're British dudes, I guess. I, yeah, yeah, I would assume so. Yeah. Uh, which uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about Vampirella in in a second. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but. Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, the fact that I've seen, you know, so, so I can clearly say that I have seen three major works by Jimmy Broxton at this point, and all three of them have, like, a completely different tone and style to them. Right. Yeah. Uh, and in this one, he is, like, clearly, like, emulating, you know, like, sort of the old, you know, Italian comic artist style. Right. And pulling it off effortlessly. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, neither one of us are insanely steeped in that stuff, probably, no, yeah. but we've seen it. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Like, you can tell that, yeah, he's going for that look and yeah. achieving it. Uh, and, and making it look like it was done, you know, 50 years ago. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's like not, not only is his style that way, but there's some really cool kind of subtle production tricks where they make it look like some of the strips um, have, like, damage to them or they're right. yellowing and... You know, it's not like over the top, but it's done just, just enough. Just enough, yeah. yeah. It's it's done so well. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, and there is, you know, like I said, there there is a, a whole other factor, you know, to this thing where, you know, you're also reading the story about these two men, and, and it gets <laughs> super weird. Yeah, it does. Like, <laughs> to the point where, like, there's a thing at the end that just... Like, it made me uncomfortable. Like, how weird that it was. And, like, 
like it almost changes like the entire tone of the book right yeah like just like like with like one or two reveals like at the the like literally the very end right yeah and like because i finished reading it while i was doing laundry so i was like at the laundromat at like four in the morning you know by myself and like i got to like this point and Like, I felt really weird. <laughs> like, 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 uh, sad or, or just a little off-put? sad, but, but very off put. Yeah. Right. Uh, but, but just, just <laughs> like, 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 you're like, you know, this is, this is your fictional people. Yeah. Uh huh. But, but, yeah. I don't know. And, it, it's it's really strange because it's not like, you know, when you watch a movie that is clearly a work of fiction, right? And you get sad because the, one of the characters right. is dying or whatever, right? This is a, is a is a work of fiction, uh, about, about a work of work fiction about yeah. a work of fiction, and you're, and you're feeling strange about the fictitious characters that have created the work of fiction within the work of fiction you're reading, right? Uh, it's like well, some Graham Morrison shit, right? It there. is. It really is. Uh, I mean, yeah, like, like, honestly, like, I'd have to say, like, like reading Animal Man number 26 yeah. is probably the closest that I felt to, to a similar way, you know, when I got to, to that point in this book. Uh, and, and like, like I said, like, like, it wasn't so much sad. It was just like, like, just really like uneasy. Yeah. Right. Uh, and and when we stop talking, I'm gonna show you the one thing that, that I'm specifically talking about that just it really weirded me out, like like it shook me. Oh wow! And so the fact that you know Guy Adams and Jimmy Broston could do that, I mean you know <laughs> with this satire parody book, you know it's impressive. Yeah, super impressive. No, yeah, this is unlike. <laughs> Any other comic I've ever read. Yeah. I mean, like like we said, it's reminiscent of things like Animal Man and just some of the more, like, mind-fucky things you've ever read. Right. But, but it is so well done. Oh, yeah. And so unique in the world of comics. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then, you know, like, like, we haven't really even talked about this, but, like, the comic strip itself is good. It is. <laughs> it's really strange. Like, sometimes there'll be just, like, a panel. It, it's... Okay, it's Lily Gold and Jack Tiger. Yeah. They're um, a gay man and a lesbian. Yes. And this is like, you know, kind of, I mean, when that's... Supposed to be taking place in the 60s. Yeah, where, you know, things like that are, are you know, not really accepted yet. Right. You're aware I mean, of they're barely accepted now. Right, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, you're right. Um, but, it, like, you know, sometimes it's this crazy adventure strip with, like, a monster that's... Like a human monster guy right. that's chasing them, and and they're like you know shooting assassins, and you know and like there's like this weird like James Bond villain overall plot yeah. happening, right? That like when you find out what it is, it's like <sighs> that's totally from a James Bond. Villain, yeah, you know? yeah. But then there's also like just weird stuff where there's like you know a strip where it's just <clears throat> Jack Tiger laying laying in his like swimsuit, <laughs> like dripping wet. And, like, that's the whole strip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which actually kind of reminded me of, uh, 
uh, Frank Cho and uh, oh yeah, you know, Liberty uh, Meadows, Liberty Meadows, yeah, sure. where like just occasionally there would just be just a strip where it's just Brandy laying around like right. in her bikini or whatever because right. he felt like drawing it exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. why not? Uh, but no, yeah, like it's just this crazy, you know, spy sci-fi action. action strip thing yeah and <laughs> hilarious and and awesome yeah yeah like because that that strip doesn't take itself too seriously like there's jokes in it right um so it's not like reading rex morgan md or, or mary worth where you're just kind of oh, like God, mary worth. i know right <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's way more fun yeah uh so so Vampirilla. Huh? We're gonna talk about Vampirilla. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so Jimmy Braxton is currently drawing uh, the new Vampirilla series from Dynamite, which uh, I think I picked up the the first issue, zero issue, whatever it was, because it was twenty five percent. And uh, I like Paul Cornell's writing, and and uh, Jimmy Braxton obviously is a great artist, mm-hmm. and he's kind of upped his game in that book too. It looks awesome. Man. Yeah. Uh, so. It's weird that uh, I picked this book because uh, I've owned this for like a year, year and a half. Oh, well, that's, that, I, didn't, I thought it was brand new. No, and um, <clears throat> so it's weird that I picked it because like literally the week after uh, there was some controversy Oh, with uh, Jimmy Braxton and Vampirella. Really? Yeah. Uh, so issue three of Vampirella, I believe, uh, should be the one that's, uh, in previews currently. Okay. Uh, there is a variant cover to that issue, because it's dynamite, so there's like 90 variant covers. Right, of course. Uh, but one in particular, uh, is, uh, done by Jimmy Broxton, and it is done in the style of, uh, like an old, kind of trashy men's magazine, oh, okay. pulpy, you know, uh, you know, uh, schlock comic right. magazine kind of thing. Or like a, like a evil doctor's like branding a tied up woman or something like that. It's pretty much exactly that, yeah. but instead of an evil doctor, think of a busty Nazi. Okay. Yeah. And Vampirella. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, and they got flack over that. <clears throat> well, they didn't get flack over it over that part so much. Uh, but there was a, you know, there's like fake text, like you know, on it, like you know, as if it was a magazine with articles, right? Or, or just you know, trying to sell some salacious, you know, story or right. whatever. And there was like a fake line about, you know, like basically, you know. Uh, a man discovering that his girlfriend is actually uh, a transsexual. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that got a lot of flack. <laughs> People freaked the shit out. Because it's something like, you know, it was like, I found out she was a man the hard way or something like that. Right. Yeah. That's that's funny. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Right. Right? It, and it's totally in the style of like those yeah. old shitty magazines. Sure. Uh, and, and like the Paul Cornell passed off on it and the editor passed off on it 
and like it you know went to solicitations and then people freaked out and so then now like Paul Cornell and the publisher you know both said well we're gonna take that off of the actual cover and Jimmy Braxton is like no what the fuck yeah and I am one thousand percent on this side on that right yeah like clearly it's it's not it's not a statement it's it's a yeah parody of an old style thing right and you know also if you want to factor in the political you know part of it you know if you're dating someone and then you find out that they're not the gender that you thought they were right you know or at least originally the gender that you thought they were it would probably freak you out a little bit could freak you out yeah Yeah. sure i mean if you're not expecting it yeah uh, you know, oh yeah, so. Yeah, there's the cover. So, in this book, like, there's, you know, uh, covers to, like, you know, novels and, and movie posters and whatever, but there's also a trashy men's magazine, and. It's called Some Men. It's called Some Men. There is a Nazi with a brand, you know, about to brand a woman who is tied up with her clothes torn off. This is pretty much the Vampirella cover. <laughs> right. Wow. I mean, so he just kind of redid it. Yeah. Like, so, like, when I found out about this controversy and, like, I saw the cover, I was like, wait, I just saw this. Yeah. Right. Like, in this book. By the same artist. Yeah. That came out, you know, a year and a half ago, two years ago. <laughs> so he's kind of recycling this. <clears throat> yeah. But, like, yeah, it's got, you know, stupid taglines or whatever. Uh, and, I mean, they're not about, you know, Transgender. Transgender or anything. But they're dumb and they're stupid and possibly offensive. But like Offendus. Yeah. Like Offendus with one. Yeah. Uh win a hump in our bell ringing competition. <laughs> uh Who wouldn't want to win a hump? Keeping it up with the Joneses. See, that's funny. <laughs> uh let's see. Brand awareness, marked for lust in Hitler's sex zoo. <laughs> Brand awareness. Uh, Baked in Alaska, the (laughs) chilling true story of the frozen food cannibal killer. See? It's good stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Vicious vixens and varsity virgins violation. (laughs) The terrible price of alliteration. Uh, the next door orgy craze that is sweeping the nation. Hmm. So, you know, I mean, it's not, you know, anything about transgender people, but, you know, it's trashy headlines right, yeah. for something that doesn't exist. Right. And, and like, you know, um, transgender um, political things are, are very prominent in the news now with right. you know bathrooms and right. the president being a mass hat and right. all kinds of things but you know like like i don't think that broxton you know it's, was trying to say yeah, it and he was no. just you know like hey there used to be magazines like this right, yeah this is what they're trying it's, to do yeah it's just a yeah that's yeah. i mean there's always going to be somebody that's offended right but that is kind of over the top yeah but luckily, like, you know, a couple of trans transgender people came out and said that, you know, like, it didn't offend them because it's clearly, uh, you're right. you know, like, this parody homage for, like, you know, these old shitty magazines, right. you know. Yeah. Uh, 
but I just thought it was hilarious that that happened. And like, was like we what? had just seen that, right? Right, right. That is bizarre. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so you know, Jimmy Broxton's you know in the news. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I hope that goes well for you. Yeah. So they're they are pulling it. Uh, they they removed that line apparently from the cover. Uh, I was actually you know filling out my order for uh, you know this month's previews. And uh, they have the the untouched cover, like, you know, still listed. And I was like, I wonder, like, part of me was like, well, I should order it, you know, and see maybe they didn't, you know. Right. But, you know, at the same time, like, I would rather have, you know, what the artist originally intended. Yeah. Uh, so I, I just didn't see so it He's just going to be upset, much like Antonio Beretti. Right. In his book. Right. Maybe, maybe mm-hmm. it's all coming back around. Could be. Reality is fiction. Fiction is reality. <laughs> uh, but no, and then Paul Cornell basically said that he had no idea that uh, Jimmy Broxton uh, uh, would uh, not be upset by the fact that people got upset with his cover, and so he's never going to work with him again. What? Yep. Really? Yep. Wow. Yeah. It was just dumb. That is silly. Yeah. But, yeah, because, I mean, you know, uh, that first issue of Amparella was pretty good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they did the Night Squire series, which was great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Oh, well. That's too bad. Yeah. Hmm. But, and hey. People, you know. people make a lot of the worst decisions that affect their creativity when they're uh, when they're too hung up on politics. Like, it's like. Oh, yeah. It's like when we, I think we talked about when, like, George Perez said he's never going to do a convention appearance at a state that helped to like Trump. Right. Yeah. And it's like, okay, we, you know, we are both in Ohio, which right. unfortunately went, it's a Trump state. It went with Trump this yeah. year. We're not Trump year. people. Yeah. Not at all. We and, just live here. Yeah. Just like a lot of other people right. that live in Ohio or a lot of other people from other states that would drive to the show in Ohio. Like it exactly. Just, it just doesn't make any sense. Nope. Not at all. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, I understand you know, being more open-minded and being more, you know, uh, socially aware. Sure. Uh, but at the same time, you know, uh, a lot of people need to lighten the fuck up too. Yes. Yes. Like, <laughs> like it's like people are so eager to pick battles that they pick battles when they don't really need battles. Exactly. You know? Wow. That is an amazing way of putting that. I'm an amazing guy. I know you are. <laughs> That's why we're <laughs> friends like the swans on my doily. Am I a pot holder? <laughs> I made some mac and cheese while ago, and I used a pot holder that had a picture of two swans that said friends. Yep. And I showed it to Eric, and I said, it's me and you. Yeah, it is. But <laughs> <clears throat> uh, yeah, Gold Tiger. It was amazing. Yeah. Like, I, like, I can't imagine this having been done any better. No, yeah. There's no part of this book that I was like, well, this part fell a little short. Right. Like, that... That isn't there. No. Yeah. This thing is a perfect <clears throat> book. Wow. That is that is high praise indeed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and it, like you said uh, earlier, it is definitely one of those things. Like there is no other format that this story could have been done in. Right. You know. I mean, you you could watch like a documentary about the strip. Right. And you know it would be kind of cool, but it, but when you see something like when when the the form that you're reading is about 
you know, it just takes no, it takes yeah, you yeah. In, into it further. Right. It's like they chose the form to 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 share this with us that emulates the subject of their story. Right. And it's just yeah, it just yeah. blows my mind. It uh and things like this and uh the art of Charlie Chen, Hawk Chai. Yeah. Like, you know, definitely like elevate, you know, the kind of thing that you can do in comics. I totally agree. Yeah, like that this book is to me like on that same level as yeah. Charlie Chan. Like a book that just proves, you know, there there's a whole like giant leap that you can take right when you're trying to figure out um new kinds of stories and new ways to make artwork in the in, you know in the realm of comics right and uh, it's aspirational for sure and uh you and i will never be able to achieve anything like this nope at all nope <laughs> you know it's funny because i think I think I talked to you like a week or two ago about my idea for my Jaunty Jenkins oh, yeah, story. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then I read this and I was like, no, I should probably just not do that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I mean, that'd be like if you had a really good idea for like a short film that you're going to make with your buddies and then like, you know, and then and then, like the ghost of Stanley Kubrick came back and made that film. <laughs> While you were still playing in it, <laughs> right. you'd be like, "No, oh, it's probably not gonna be as good as that." Yeah, yeah, um, I guess I could see that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, highly recommend this book. Good luck fucking finding it. Anyway. Yeah, I was like, you can't get this from Diamond. I don't believe. I, uh, didn't, I haven't looked. But okay. Yeah. Maybe you can. I mean, I ordered it on Amazon. Uh, I think you can probably find a copy on there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if it's out of print or not, but, uh, you know, like I pre-ordered this, you know, when it was coming out and it's still like, like I kind of mentioned it last episode, like it was a little bit of a hassle just to get this right. book. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <clears throat> uh, so, I mean, seriously though, if you can find it and, uh, it's worth know, it. it is definitely worth it's, it. It's definitely the best book I've read this year. Yeah. Like, like there's not even a close second. Wow. Yeah. High praise indeed. Uh, it's still early in the year. It's true. Well, it's only it's March, right? Yeah. But hey, we're fourth of the way through. That's true. And That's I read true. a lot of comics. Uh, like I can't tell you how much this book is because the uh, price on the back is in pounds or oh, yeah. euros or whatever it is. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's it was uh nineteen ninety nine pounds. Uh, I think that's like about. I want to say it's like thirty five bucks. Yeah. I think. I want to say that I paid. Uh, nineteen or twenty dollars for okay. it, you know. But obviously, you know, when you order on Amazon, it's a little cheaper. Yeah. Sure. Uh, but yeah, apparently this was a Kickstarter. Uh, you know, as well as uh, I don't know if they published a Kickstarter edition or not. But uh, there's a bunch of thank yous in the back. There's yeah. definitely a bunch of thank yous. Uh, but and uh, and I recognize some names here and there too. Yeah, I actually skimmed the list to see if your name was in there. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I, I, I thought, did not know that this was a Kickstarter okay. when I did it, or when I ordered it. I, like, I just heard about it, like, just as it was about to come out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, wow, that sounds super interesting. Yeah, right. And then they showed some, like, preview uh, art. I'll have to look and see. Yeah, if, if that if this was something <clears throat> Diamond offers, I'll definitely get one for the store. Yeah. It's to to yeah. sit in the store. To sit in the store. Yeah, unfortunately, I, I, it's the kind of thing I w- I'll buy eventually if it's in there long enough. Right. But yeah, it's it's great. Yeah. 
It's a gold tiger. Yeah. Look it up. Thanks for, for sure. Thanks for picking that. Hey, thanks for reading it. Yeah. Right. We'll uh, take a break. Sure. All right. We will be back. If it to Show? 
Uh, I can't we, remember. We did not. Uh, we haven't recorded since then. We have not. Yeah, we did a comic show. Yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> For a while there, it seemed like every time we did a podcast, we had just been to a comic show. Right, yeah. And we skipped a couple of lines. Yeah. But we uh, had a big it's one. It's also been a while since the last one, mm-hmm. I think. Like December-ish. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we... we uh, uh, not, not together, but uh, we were both separately at mm-hmm. this... Uh, comic show the jim and dan show the jim and dan comic show yeah happens uh, quarterly here in the dayton area that's four times a year for those of you that are unfamiliar <laughs> with that term i know i know we just did a, a 2008 book but if, if you're not into the metric system right you might not know what quarterly that's is. true yeah and they're weekly anyway so that's true yeah, yeah. <laughs> 2008 weekly No, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, we've talked about them uh, occasionally. That mm-hmm. uh, it's basically a, a sort of a a dealer show, right. I guess. Yeah. yeah. There, there's uh, there's always a couple artists there, but yeah. But uh, it's mostly you know a uh, place to go if you're looking for uh, a rare toy or a twenty five cent comic book. Yeah. Uh, or, or anything or, in between. Or an amazing fantasy fifteen, apparently, because there was one there. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Bill had a had one on his wall. Wow. I mean, I know there was uh, a couple of uh, rare comics that got traded and floated around That's there. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you were there in your your Mavericks capacity, mm-hmm. and uh, while I'm usually there in a uh, spending money capacity, uh, I was there this time uh, as a uh, as an artist, right? As a practitioner of the sublime. I guess so. <laughs> Yeah, and and apparently creative genius. Yeah, well, I didn't want to. Yeah, overstep. Yeah. Well, no, uh, uh, you did not overstep. <laughs> I mean, nor did I. I mean, you know, practitioner sublime, sure, <laughs> but it might be a little bit of hyperbole <laughs> to, to say creative genius. Um, I'm uh, gonna go ahead and disagree with you. <laughs> Other way say around. that no, and say that that it is not a little bit of hyperbole. <laughs> it is an incredible heaps right. amount of yeah. hyperbole. Yeah. Um, but no, was, yeah, I had a table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of my few, uh, if maybe only, uh, solo outings uh, as a, as a table. Oh, guy. really? Yeah. Wow. Usually, okay. I'm, I'm teamed up with somebody. You had some friendly neighbors, though. I did indeed, uh, but I did that. Uh, I did that to myself, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, it was uh, a table right next to uh, the fine people at Sparkle Comics, That's right? A comic company about friends who don't let friends drive drunk or something like that's, that. That's the main tagline. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Except for they, we kind of do. <laughs> we we actually do let our friends drive drunk. Oh, okay. Because yeah. we yeah. say fuck it. Well, sure. That's yeah. our new tagline. Sparkle yeah. Comics. Fuck it. Yeah. It's weird because that's pretty much my motto in life lately. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, yeah. It's it's uh, it's your comic book company. My and it's more like. 
I'd say it's seventy five percent Matt Brassfield's company yeah, yeah. and twenty five percent mine. Yeah, because he does all the behind the scenes work. Yeah, I just I, I usually am like, okay, that sounds good. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Here's some money for shipping. That's me. <laughs> <clears throat> so wait, so you're spending the money? No, well we we split. Oh, okay. Uh, he he's probably put more money than I have into right. it. I would hope uh, so. He definitely has, but right. but a lot of the things because apparently can he just has money to blow. Except for on paying people, I think he, I think he has a printing press in his basement, and it only prints money that, okay. that you can, you know, right? Use on weird endeavors. Sure, because you'd probably save a lot more money if he would just print the comics there. Oh my god, I'm gonna have to tell him. <laughs> well, it's it's sized only for twenty dollar bills. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, yeah, we're we're the 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 publishers of Sparkle Comics. And he he writes um more than one of the books yeah. and I draw one of them. Yeah. But uh they were some, your neighbors. They were my neighbors and so basically I spent uh, an entire day listening to Matt Brassfield uh, lecture uh his his employees uh about how to make good comics which was weird because he's basically barely made one. He's read more comics than... Well, He's probably read more comics than... All the, of those people combined. Right, right, yeah. And I would say probably you and me. Probably, yeah. 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 And maybe even a Joe G. Well, that, I don't know. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, that's so, maybe that's overstepping. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, it was, it was fun. And uh, yeah, things got off to a little bit of a slow start there for me. But, right. but uh, I wound up leaving the show, you know. Not, Cash in hand. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, not, not a ton, but, you know, 500% more than I thought I was going to leave with. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. We also did well as, like, I, as you said, I didn't, I was not at the, any of the creator tables. I was just at the um, dealer tables, um, mostly selling toys. Yeah. I sold a ton of toys and some comics, but it was, yeah, it was busy. It was good. Yeah. It was at Wright State University. Yeah. Second show there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was fun. I would definitely do it again. Uh, I don't I, know if I would do it the next one, but maybe the one after that. Right. I'm not yeah. sure here. I uh, <clears throat> The next one, too, it might be a little weird because it's just like a few weeks after the Gym City Comic Con. Is which, it? which is another big one. Yeah, because Gym City's in April and this one's in May. Oh, it's like two months. It's a month. Eight month. You know? Isn't Gym City like beginning of April yeah. and then the Jim and Dan is like end of May? Is it the end of May? I think so. I, I can't yeah. remember. I, I know it's in May. Yeah. But usually there are shows like the last mm-hmm. weekend of, of the month or so. I don't know. Maybe. I know this one was. Yeah. But, I think but, usually it is. Yeah. Uh, I know that uh, this will be uh, Joe G's last Jim and Dan show. Oh, really? He, yeah. he's, been my, he's been my Jim and Dan buddy oh. uh, the last couple times. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, him and me fighting over uh, cheap comics right. and Darwin Cook uh, books. All right. <laughs> you guys do a lot of cooking with your cook- uh-huh, Darwin yeah. Cook books? Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, he was there and, and uh, stopped by and said hi. Because, uh, you know, because he's moving cross-country, so, you know, the, the thing that he needs is to buy way more comics. All right, yeah, it's easier to move when you have giant piles of things to haul yeah. around. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I found a few, I didn't find a giant pile of things to haul around, but I, I snuck away from the table for 
a couple of different outings to look through the quarter and 50 cent and <coughs> dollar boxes. And I, I mostly bought quarter books, which was, I love the fact that there's still quarter books. Oh, yeah. Like for a while there, you couldn't find quarter books at shows or I couldn't, but they're, um, they're increasingly rare. Yeah. But, yeah. but yeah, this guy had some, I spent like $6 on quarter books at his table. So it was like 30 some comics. 20, 24. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. I think. And, uh, yeah, there was some cool stuff and just some, some weird stuff. Yeah. Lots of uh, uh, the bewildering fodder. Fodder for the world. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever mentioned that on the show, but I I do a blog where I write reviews of of weird old comics. Yeah, and uh, it's called the bewildering. I think I think it's the bewildering. Is it blogspot? Blogspot.com yeah. or dot net or something. I don't know. I think it's dot com. Yeah. yeah, but um, it's fun. It's fun to do. I, I like doing it, and I have a couple rules. Like one of the rules is. The most money I can spend on a book that I review is a dollar. Okay. So I won't review anything that costs more than a dollar. Um, it has to only be stuff I own. Mm-hmm. Like, cause there's, I own, I own enough. If I never bought another comic, I own enough books that I could do this for like five more years. Right. Um, so like, I'm, I'm not taking like suggestions. Right. Right. <laughs> because I already have too many. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is like, I don't do any by, um, creators who've gone on to be professionals right right because i've found some in some quarter boxes oh sure this is ridiculous and i get it home and it's like um one of them was like kelly jones and i was like i was like oh but he's really successful you know so no like was it shortly before you started this or oh the prey book uh well there's that but like uh like, like I remember you bought one that like we opened it up and like Eric Larson yeah. had drawn it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was, I think I'd already started the blog. Okay. Yeah, by that yeah. point. Yeah. All right. I don't know. I haven't. No. Cause that was at this show in September and since yeah, then, yeah. yeah, I hadn't started it yet. Okay. But it was like just before. Yeah. Or like maybe even where you got the idea. To right. Do it. Yeah. Uh, but no, yeah. Like you've bought a couple of books, uh, comics called, uh, Prey. Yeah. And like we opened it up and, uh, Troy Nixie, uh, well, yeah, drew them. He was an amazing artist. Oh yeah, he directed a movie with uh, Katie Holmes and Guy Pierce. Yeah, he's, he's he's successful. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And and this book, like you would not even have recognized his artwork. Oh, not at all. Yeah. yeah. And and if it wasn't by Troy Nixie, I would totally have reviewed Prey Number One. By exactly now. <laughs> right, right. Because it's so strange looking, but but yeah, there's just yeah, there's too many weird books out there by people who. Like no one knows of right. them or their work, so that's why I wanted to do. So yeah. if, you're, if you're bored, check it out. It's absolutely, yeah. and and you do a drawing uh, for each book. That yeah, you every book I I review, I do a drawing of one of the characters. Yeah, and uh, the the most recent one um, is a woman with four titties. Yeah, so you you got to check that one out. Yeah. I, I I feel bad that I have not actually read oh, that. Yeah, one. Read it? Yeah, I, okay. I kept forgetting because you you update it once a month. Yeah, usually on the first of the month. That's yeah. what I'm doing now. So, uh, you know, uh, by the, when we're recording this, it's only been a few days into March. So right. yeah. Yeah. I, I still have time. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, but no, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun and it's interesting, you know, and, and, uh, I try to find something positive about <clears throat> each one. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. like I'm not like, like some of them are clearly by people who are not good at <laughs> what they do, right. but I don't focus on that. Right. Like I might mention some of the things that are weird and like strange and bad right but like to me it's all about how much fun those books are right right uh 
it's definitely one of those things where like you you read about you know the thing that you're reviewing and you're like because i don't know it's one of those things where like like as soon as you start reading about these books you're like oh like i have seen like hundreds of these books and like right. you know littered across long boxes yeah. across you know comic shops and comic shows yeah. right uh yeah they're the weird one-offs usually yeah there's usually only number ones right usually. yeah yeah uh i think you reviewed one recently that there was actually four issues uh, five or six maybe wow Night, okay nine masters yeah, yeah there's like six of them i think and i know you said you tried to read all i couldn't yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. uh but yeah no it's, it's it's super weird and super interesting and and it's like yeah just these like weird forgotten relics yeah you know of, of comic book history that no one will ever pay attention to right so i think that's awesome too because i mean this is probably the most press any of those people I, which is ever got i know which is sad because only like <laughs> two or three people even can you know uh consistently look at this thing right like, right but, uh, yeah it's fun uh, but so you, you wound up buying a bunch of stuff. Yeah. There. Yeah. There's, there's at least, I'd say at least a dozen I found that I'm definitely going to use on there. I mean, there were some books I just bought because I was like, Oh wow, there's, you know, Ted McKeever's Metropole number one for a quarter. And, yeah, uh, yeah. How can I not? Um, and like some, I bought some doubles of things. I'm like, oh, I'll just give that to somebody or whatever. But, right. but, um, I, yeah, I found a book by a two issue miniseries by Bob Fingerman called Otis goes to Hollywood. Wow. I'd never heard of it, but I love Bob Fingerman, and I was like, okay, these are a quarter, you know, just stuff like that, Yeah, um, just to read at some point. But did you find any good stuff? I did not look around. Ah. Yeah, I was, I was uh, tied to the table pretty yeah. much, yeah. Uh, I think I had uh, Scott Scarborough, like, watch my table once while I went to the bathroom. That's was pretty much it. Yeah. Scott Wolf Hunter Scarborough? Yes. That's right. <laughs> and he's not the Wolf Hunter. No, but he's the... Uh... He's the artist. artist of Wolf Hunter. Yeah. We all know Matt Hoffman is the real That's Wolf right. Hunter. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And, and like I said, it was, uh, you know, I, I wound up making, you know, money, which I totally did not that's expect great. to do at all. Uh, that's great. Uh, but, you know, I had, had, you know, the typical show experiences, too. Right, you know, such as the woman who came up to me and like started looking through like my portfolio and, and all my prints and stuff, and she was like, "Wow, you're really good." I was like, "Thank you." Yeah. She's like, "No, really, you are really good at this. You should be making money at this. Like, you could, you could make money at this." Right, and then she walks away. She's like, all you need is for someone to see your artwork and be willing to buy it. Yeah. Well, see ya. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's it's the typical sort of, uh, wow, your stuff is really great. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's nice, though. Sure. I mean, you know, maybe you know. she had no money. Right. She might have been there with her kids or whatever. Right, right. Oh, uh, yeah, you know, I also got the, you know, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll be back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah right. of course you will. Yep, yep. Uh, I'm but, just I'm I just got here, so I'm making a, yeah, a round uh -huh, first yeah, before yeah. I buy anything. Yep, yep. Yeah, I've used that one before. Sure, sure. Or uh, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna you know see how much you know like I have left at the end of the show. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah that kind of thing. Uh, uh, my favorite one though was uh, the guy who was looking through my sketch variants yeah. that I did. Oh yeah, because you buy blank sketch covers. Yeah. 
like you know Spider-Man right blank covers or whatever. Yeah, and, and I draw on them because they, they look great. Thank you. I enjoy drawing. You them. should make money at this. I mean, I, you're really good. Neil, yeah. I've heard that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. The guy came up. He looked through my box of uh, sketch covers and uh, like he uh, looked at one and he was just like, "Oh wow," you know. It's like I'll be back, you know. And like you know, I've got that, and I've got my my portfolio book with uh, originals in it. Sure. And uh, you know, like my prints or whatever, they're all priced whatever. But like you know, I have prices on the the original stuff, but I'm willing to bend on those a little more. Sure. You yeah. know, because uh, because the cost of materials is is not as much you know as getting stuff printed. Right. Yeah. You know? Uh. And so he's like, okay. So he comes back probably an hour later. And uh, he grabs whatever book he saw that that he really liked, and uh, you know he shows it to me, and it's uh, the the Dark Knight Master Race cover okay. that I did, uh, and uh, you know had it priced for like thirty five dollars or whatever. He's like, I'll give you twenty for this. And I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. Yeah, I don't think I'd sold anything at that point. So so you're like, I yeah, gotta, I right. sell something. Yeah. Uh, and so he throws down a 20, and I'm about to take it, and he just kind of looks at the cover, and he's like, wait a minute. And uh, he's like, huh, did you draw this? He's like, yeah. He's like, wait, is this, is this an original? He's like, yeah, was like, like sketch covers. Yeah. I drew that. There's also a back cover that you can't see because it's in the back and board. Robin's on the back cover of that, and he's like, "Oh, huh? I mean, this is great. I I thought this was like you know just a variant I haven't seen before." And he puts it back and takes his money away and walks away. <laughs> huh. Wow. What does that say? Like, I mean, it says more than one thing, but oh yeah, yeah. But what does that say? Yeah, I don't know. Like, like you would you would. Instead of buying an original piece of artwork from the artist who made it, right, you would prefer to buy something that was just printed, like mass production style, right. uh, and you know a rare, a rare cover version of it is, is still mass produced. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> huh? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't get that. Yeah, I don't get that at all. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, so that was. Fun. Yeah, but right. No, yeah, I had, I had a decent time anyway. That's like, like, and also like, so so that makes me wonder because like people will come up and they'll look through the sketch variants, right? But like, do they think that those are printed on there, right? Right. Like, like, do they they not know that I drew all those? Right. And do they think that they're just like rare variants that Marvel and DC are putting? You up? should you should like loop that video that you made of you drawing on one of them and just have it playing on the, at yeah. the, on the by the side of that box. Yeah, I should. <laughs> but like like even if I was that guy and I didn't realize what I was about to buy and then I suddenly did, right. I don't think I would have the balls to be like, I'm taking my money back. Right? Like <laughs> to me, because that would be like so rude. Oh. You think? <laughs> <laughs> That's bizarre. It's so weird. I bought a Masters of the Universe toy at that show. <laughs> yeah, you did. I left. I told. Actually, 
it's funny because um, my brother, my older brother, works with me once a week at, at the comic shop. And yesterday he came in, and I was like, I was like, hey Joe, I was like, I was just telling Jeremy this story. I was like, do you remember um, one time I bought this little Masters Universe toy, and I came home with my, I had like a bag of comics and a Masters Universe toy, and I set it on the dining room table, and apparently like the toy like just kind of rolled out of the bag and fell under this this chair that's like kind of behind the table mm-hmm. where uh it's not like a chair that we the family sits in often it's just like this chair that's next to the table yeah. and like the toy fell off and you know just rolled off and landed on that chair and like I was really sad because I I I thought I'd lost my toy and I like and I was you know a little upset and then like not not like not that day, but maybe a day or two later, my mommy found that toy when she was like cleaning the chairs, and then and it like made me really happy because all of a sudden my toy was back, and my brother was like, he's like, I don't, I don't know if I remember that. I was like, well, that's because it happened yesterday. I'm thirty nine. <laughs> because apparently, when I went to that show, at Jim and Dan show, I, I bought this. Manny faces blind box toy. <laughs> I brought it home to my mother's house where I live, and I set I set it on the table, and it fell off under the chair. And like the next day, while I was at work, she found it. <laughs> but now I have it again, so I'm 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 a happy boy again. <laughs> oh, life. <laughs> Oh, that is <laughs> an amazing story. <laughs> oh. uh, so I've uh, seen a couple of movies. Really. Oh, you have? Yeah. Well, uh started out the, the last time that you and I actually had a chance to hang out was uh, uh, the same day as like, not record store day, but what what was it? Uh, oh, you mean like just like last Saturday or something? Yeah, like two Saturdays ago. Oh, there was a record uh, a record convention here in town. Okay, that's what it was. Uh, where where you uh, you went and and you purchased uh, some records? Yeah, and one of those records was the soundtrack to the movie Dawn of the Dead by Goblin. Yeah. And uh, so you and I hung out and listened to, to that soundtrack. Yeah. And I was like, man, it really makes me want to watch Dawn of the Dead. I hadn't right. seen it in years. And so it took, you know, almost two weeks. But the this past Sunday I was at home and I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch all three of the Romero Dead movies. Oh, wow. Yeah. All the three good ones. I was say, they're like five or six. They are, yeah. Yeah, and I'll be, uh, you know, a little unfair for me to say that, because I do like Land of the Dead. Yeah, me too. And I thought Diary of the Dead was okay. Uh, but no, the, the originals. Uh, so I watched uh, Night, Dawn, and Day of the Dead. Nice. Um, like, like, you know, one yeah. after the other. And uh, so I watched Night first, and, and uh, it's good. Yeah, mm-hmm. like like I've always enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think 
my my level of, of appreciation for it is ever going to waver on it. Right. Like I will like it exactly the same every single time. And every single time I will also be completely surprised about how useless Barbara is in that movie. <laughs> uh, and so then after that I watched Dawn. And it has apparently been so long since I saw the Dawn of the Dead that I honestly did not remember most of it. Oh, wow. Okay. Like, I mean, I remember chunks of it and I remember like specific scenes, but I don't remember like, you know, where things were going to lead. And right. Like, or yeah. like, you know, how, how those scenes eventually got to be. Right. And like, I did not realize like, you know, spoiler for a 40 something <laughs> old movie. I did not realize how quickly Roger, uh, dies in that oh, movie yeah. or, or gets taken out anyway. Uh, but, but I think I liked it a lot better than, uh, the last time I saw it, oh, and I liked it a lot. That's great. I, yeah. I, it, I think that's my favorite of the zombie movies. Well, my favorite was Day of the Dead, mm -hmm. uh, but then I watched it. <laughs> uh, and I still like it, but it's it's uh, it did not hold up as well really? as Dawn of the Dead I, did. That's, that's the one I haven't seen in years and years. Like I think that's Matt's, our friend Matt's favorite. Yeah. And uh, and he keeps telling me I should I should rewatch it because it's probably been I guess probably been twenty years since I've seen yeah uh, day it's I mean it's good you know it's just it did not hold up as well for me mm -hmm. this time around uh, just little things here and there and it's a little slower and yeah it has a different mood to it it definitely does yeah uh, but yeah I, I like all three of those movies oh yeah all three of them are great uh, there is a scene in day. Towards the end, like, you know, when, when basically uh, all the, the zombie hell gets unleashed and right. everybody dies and gets eaten. Spoiler. Uh, but, uh, you know, like, it takes place in, like, an underground bunker. And so, like, one of the guys, like, decides to, you know, basically punish everybody, you know, and, you know, unleash all the zombies on them. And so he basically leads all the zombies to an elevator and so basically like there's this scene of like you know a hundred zombies on like this giant freight <laughs> elevator <laughs> and they're all just writing it down and the part that i love is that there is uh one of the zombies only one zombie falls off of the elevator <laughs> like right before it like finishes landing right <laughs> it's so obvious that, like, you know, like, I think the actor was just like, I'm going to fall. <laughs> and so he, like, kind of just, like, stumbles off the elevator and falls flat on his face. And, like, all the other zombies are just standing perfectly on the elevator. Whereas I think, you know, like, all the zombies would, like, start falling off, like, you know, as soon as the elevator started opening. Right. So it was like Maybe that. he wasn't used to, maybe he was like me. And, you know, because they say, like, when you're a zombie, you kind of, like, Sort of remember things you did in real life. Right, yeah. I don't ride elevators. That's true. Maybe it would have been like me. Maybe he's like, is this an escalator? I should start walking. <laughs> All I know is, like, that was my favorite zombie in the entire movie. <laughs> and, like, you don't even see what he looks <laughs> like. You know, he's just an he's extra. Supposed, I don't you know. remember that at all. Uh, that wasn't the guy that uh, worked at Renaissance Music, was it? Uh, I don't know, maybe. He was an extra in that movie. Was he? Yeah. yeah. I think he was the guy with... The, I think he had a catcher's mask on. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, that was, I think, the first. I mean, there was a couple in Dawn of the Dead, like the Harry Krishna. Right. But, uh, like, like I think there was way more obvious, like, you know, 
like a clown zombie right. in this one yeah. and you know like like stuff like that uh where it's like way more noticeable and just a little distracting right yeah i always liked the harry krishna zombie in dawn i thought that was harry krishna zombie's fine but like you know <clears throat> like 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 just yeah like there's always like you know like guy wearing like a football uniform right, yeah. you know and a clown and <laughs> we just we just got some we bought a toy collection recently and there's a i guess there's a series of wwe wrestlers yeah that are zombies i like, saw those like john cena and the rock and kmart the other day actually it's so weird yeah, it's super weird like these are all living humans yep you know none of them are, like it'd be, I guess it would be kind of poor taste if it was like the Dusty Roads, like <laughs> and Macho Man, like zombie <laughs> toys. But, but I, I just thought it was really such a strange idea. It is like it's weird. based on like something, like, uh, like a video game or something. I don't know anything about wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody tell us. Yeah, Matt Brasfield should tell us. Yeah, because yeah. those are two things completely up his alley. Zombies and wrestling. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah that's right. Uh, no, but then uh, I also I went to the movie theater twice. What? In two days. Oh man. Uh, <clears throat> so there's there's three movies out that I want to see, but but uh, I decided to see two of them for sure. Uh, one of them because I'm, I'm sure it's probably not going to be in theaters much longer. Uh, but on Monday I went to see the movie Get Out. Oh yeah. Uh, I've heard good things. It's incredibly good. Yeah. Yeah. Key and Peele are hilarious. I can't wait. Oh it's, yeah. It's going to be no, so much yeah. fun. It is. It is the funniest movie you're going to see. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> it looks, it looks like a right, laugh romp. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, it is. It's a horror movie uh, directed by Jordan Peele of Keen Peele. Yeah. Uh, Aren't they? They're both in it. No. Are there neither one in it? Nope. Oh, okay. I thought I thought they were actually in it. Too. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, if if they are, then it is a quick cameo, and so okay. quick that I missed it. Okay. Because uh, because I definitely did not see either of them in there. Uh, in fact, I only recognized two people in the entire movie. Uh, one, the, the main character, uh, Chris is, uh, the guy from the second episode of Black Mirror, the, okay. uh, the, the stationary bike yeah, guy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the guy with the, the shard of glass or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That guy, uh, putting on a flawless American accent. No, nice. Uh, and, uh, Bradley Whitford is also in it. Uh, he's... Famous character actor. Okay. So I don't know that one. Yeah. Uh, I've, yeah, I've heard it's really good, though. It's incredibly good. Like, it's not super scary. It's not gory. Uh, it is violent, but 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 only towards the end. Uh, but it is super, super intense wow. and very uncomfortable. Really? Because uh, it's about race relations, kind of. Okay. Huh. <laughs> And how basically everyone's a racist. Right? <laughs> yeah. I'll be interested to see that. Uh, but, uh, like, while watching it, I was like, oh, this is probably the most intense movie I've seen since High Tension, uh, but with a far less stupid twist. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
uh, and then so uh, I decided also to see John Wick 2 oh, yeah. and so I went to see that on Tuesday which apparently was discount day nice which which I was unaware of but, bonus uh, kind of pros and cons oh yeah it's a little more crowded yeah 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 uh, yeah, there are some people who, uh, well, I will say this also for, uh, the movie Get Out, uh, there are people who just should not go to movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there, there was a, a large family that came in to Get Out with a tiny baby. That's weird. Yep. <laughs> Luckily, the adults made more noise than the baby. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So that all worked out. Perfectly. Didn't have to intervene. No one was, I mean, people were annoying, but no one was annoying enough right. for me to just justify yelling. Like you're like on the cusp. Waiting, yeah. Waiting for like the yeah. next notch. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but not only that, but like the, and then, you know, I went to the fancy theater because, because I can't go back. Uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, where I was sitting, there was like this weird, giant like block <laughs> of furniture like in between like where I was sitting and like the next section of chairs oh weird okay so so these people were like way at the end of the row but they were constantly on their phone oh yeah so that was but but far away enough where it's <laughs> not like totally in my face but but enough to be just distracting enough couldn't they just like Constantly emit some sort of low-grade electromagnetic pulse in the theaters that just don't... shuts off your phone. Yeah, they don't. They don't. It doesn't distort any of your data, but, right, it, right. but it just prevents it from act activating. I wish. I oh, wish. Yeah. Uh, and so then, you know, when I saw John Wick two at uh, cheap night, uh, just lots of people who just, uh, it, you know, part of part of it is you know, like I understand movies. And that, you know, sometimes funny things happen and sometimes shocking things happen. And sure. then sometimes you have a, a reaction to things that are happening onto the screen. An audible reaction. Sometimes. Yeah. You know, I, I get that. Uh, but not everything needs to be reacted to out loud. <laughs> Such as, hey guy, maybe not every time John Wick's dog shows up on screen you have to emit a chuckle. Because that literally happened. Because uh, John Wick has a dog. Right. It's, it's a cute dog. It's a pit bull type of thing. But he laughs every time. Every single time. It's not even a funny scene or anything. He just really gets a kick out of seeing that dog. So it's not like Turner and Hooch. Where no. Every time you see the dog, it's hilarious. No, yeah. The dog doesn't do anything. Right. You know, like, like it's kind of a sad dog. And, and, you know, like, like it's not in the majority of the movie because, uh, you know, when, when Keanu Reeves goes on a killing spree, he leaves the dog in the care oh, of somebody. Sure. Yeah. As a responsible dog owner. You don't want bullets flying around your dog. Exactly. Uh, and so, but, but man, every time that dog showed up, he's like, eh! just really <laughs> love that damn dog. <laughs> Maybe he's not even a movie. Like, he doesn't like action movies. He just likes dogs. He's like, I'm going to go see this dog. Movie. I am pretty sure that there are movies specifically for that guy. <laughs> like John Wick and John Wick 2. Well, maybe not John not, Wick. Not John Wick. <laughs> not the first one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, 
Speaking of dogs, my dog has been really well behaved. I know, right? It's... No one would know that Edna is like two feet from our recording device right I now. I know. She's breathing a little bit heavy. Yeah, but, uh, she's dreaming, I think. Yeah. But yeah, she has been very good this episode. <laughs> she has been the best she has ever been on she's, this show. She's more well behaved than the humans in the theater with you. Uh-huh. <laughs> what does that say, people? Right? Reevaluate your existence. <laughs> Uh, but no, yeah, Jean-Luc was okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was just alright. I loved the first movie. Mm -hmm. And, like, A, I totally didn't expect to, but, like, it was really good. Uh, and, I mean, it's good. It's, it's good. It's, it's worth a watch if you saw the first one. I I haven't seen it. Okay. Uh, I recommend it. The first one, for sure. Uh, the second one is good. Uh, but it is pretty much exactly what I feared was going to happen, is that uh, in the first movie, like, it sets up, like, the world in which John Wick lives. Right. And, like, there's things about it that are weird. And you're just like, huh, well, that's interesting. Like, okay. But but it's... It's mostly our world. It's mostly our world, but it's also, like, it's little things that are like, well, that's a throwaway thing. It's like, that's just a cool detail to sort of enhance what is happening, right. you know? Uh, and you're just like, well, that's cool, you know? Like, that that is a thing that they're doing. And, and part two then expands on that stuff and where it almost becomes all about that stuff uh, right. and not about, like... It's just the story. Right. right. Yeah. And, and it basically becomes about the mythology of, like, the world in which John Wick lives. <laughs> yeah. And less about, like, John Wick going around kicking people's asses. Right. You know. That's too bad. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, like, the action scenes are all great. And, like, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, a solid story. You know, it just... So just a little... Gets much. hung up too much on, like, the detrit, you know, the detritus of, of the John Wick universe. Right. Yeah. The Wickology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it sets up for, like, a third movie, which could be interesting, you know, but, you know, at the same time, it's just all feeding into, like, you know, itself again, you know. Right. And it's like, right. Yeah. yeah, I might see the first one. I don't know. I don't know. I don't... Like usually when I see and watch an action movie, it's it's more like I'm craving like a cheesy '80s action movie. Mm-hmm. Like I hardly ever crave like serious action. But I mean, I know there's like some funny stuff in it, but it, like to me, the most serious action movie I really have enjoyed in recent years is Crank, and like that's not too serious. You liked the raid, though. I liked the first raid, but I mean, like. I was more impressed by it. I don't think, like, I don't see that as a movie I would ever watch a second time. Okay. Like, you know, like, I was like, oh, that was neat. But, like, I'm not, like, into it. Uh-huh. You know? I don't know. It, it's... I mean, it, the, the action in, in the first John Wick is impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, visually and, and you know, story-wise and, and the purpose for what everything's happening. And it is a serious movie, you know, of sorts. But at the same time, like, there is a little bit of a ridiculousness to it. Right. Where, where it kind of offsets that. That's cool. Because, 
I mean, honestly, like I never, I didn't see the first John Wick until like, you know, it was well out on video mm-hmm. because like every trailer or whatever that I saw for it was like, oh, this is just going to be one of those dumb action movies. No, no, not a dumb action movie. Like I expected it to be like uh, an action movie that's like just full of itself. Right. And like taking itself way too seriously. And oh, Keanu Reeves is gloomy because he's, you know, such a dark monster and right. you know, that kind yeah. of thing. Right. Uh, but it's, and, and it is kind of that, but it's not, you know, <laughs> and like, basically when I did watch it, like it, it was, it totally subverted my expectations of, okay. of what I thought I was going to watch. Right. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. That's always a good thing. Yeah. But, but because of, I think what you are probably expecting is what I was expecting with that first one. Right. And it, and it wasn't. So. I might check it out. I'm yeah. like, for some weird reason, I'd. Kind of do like watching Keanu Reeves in movies. I don't yeah. know why. I, like, I don't think he's a great actor, but no, I've just kind of I grown up with him. You know, like I watched right. Bill and Ted's in the theater, and I watched The Matrix in the theater. And, sure, you know, I don't know. I watched Point Break in the theater. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah, I've kind of I got a soft spot in my heart for Keanu. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you know, some stuff I've been doing. Nice. Yeah. I have not seen any movies. I watched Eraserhead last night when I fell asleep. <laughs> I watched like the first hour of it and then I drifted off. So. Yeah. I love that scene where they're carving the tiny little uh, turkeys or chickens or whatever. Have you watched it in a long time? Not in like 15 years. Yeah. It's, like, I, every time I watch it, I always forget about one of the scenes. And the one I had kind of forgot about is they're carving these tiny little um, chickens when he's, when he's at... Um, his girlfriend's house and it's just so gross and weird. <laughs> I love that. Movie. It's just, it's just visually, it's just strange and like, like I can't take my eyes off of it, but right. it's also kind of relaxing in a weird way. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I should, know. I should maybe give it a rewatch at some point here. I love that. One. Yeah. It's been way too long, probably longer than Dawn of the Dead. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Recommended. Yeah. So, uh, you, you want to pick us a comic to read? Uh, yeah, I do want to pick a comic. Well, I, I, you know, we, we read this, this comic here, Gold Tiger, um, and sticking with the, the, the spirit of, of wide angle comics. Oh. I was thinking we could read Private Eye by uh, okay. Brian Vaughn and Marcos Martin. Sure. Sweet. Yeah, I'll have to dig up my copy wherever I may have hidden that. Yeah, but right. yeah, absolutely. I, I think I have a digital and a hard copy of. I I also have okay. a digital copy as well. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, I could yeah. I could read that on my phone. You could. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm not. Have, I'm not gonna. Have you had the phone since we last recorded? Uh. I can't Probably, remember. But yeah, I think okay. so. Right. Oh, yeah, because I think I looked something up. <clears throat> That's right. Yeah, that yeah. kind of blew your mind. Yeah. <laughs> Why aren't you recording this episode, then? <laughs> How do you know I'm not? Oh. I'm recording an episode about this episode. <laughs> Just like in the spirit of Gold Tiger. <laughs> this, actually, this podcast never existed, and neither did me or you. Right. right. But somewhere out there, someone is <clears throat> using my phone to record yeah. this thing. Because a podcast about this podcast would be the worst thing. It would be. Yes. It's an exercise in futility. Yeah, yeah. 
more so than this actual podcast. If you can imagine. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, you know, where else are you going to listen to me talk for 40 minutes about the two movies that I went to see? Right? Yeah. <laughs> you, can't get that. you can't get that anywhere else. And for this price. Exactly. Which is free. <laughs> All right. So the private eye. Sweet. I'm looking forward to that. Me as well. Again. Yeah. Because read it for the most part. I, I started it, but I like yeah. I was I've never even opened my shrink wrapped hard copy. Okay, but uh, I started reading the digital ones, and I was like, ah, I'd rather just read the hard copy. Right. I think I read most of the digital ones as they came out, and then yeah, moved on from there. Yeah. So. Alrighty, let's go. Then uh, we will do that next time. Yes. Stick with us. Bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Gutter Trash. You can subscribe to the show from guttertrash.net or from iTunes and leave us a review. Visit guttertrash.net for email information and for other podcasts and websites in the Gutter Trash Network. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.